Alright, and we are back for another episode, episode 3 of This Uncanny Earth, here on the Let's Talk About Music Radio Network. Good to see everybody. Well, you know, I can't really see any of you, and some of you I might not want to, but we'll leave it at that. And um, this is your good buddy Spider, of course, starting off offending somebody. And uh, with me, of course, is my co-host, Rob. (laughs) Hey, what's up out there in Radio Land, everybody? Welcome to the third episode of This Uncanny Earth. I'm your host, Rob. That spider, he offended somebody. <laughs> Make sure you get in the chat and get grumpy with it. And welcome to our third episode, man. Episode three. Episode three. Best things come in threes most of the time, and this is going to be a good one. Um I'm going to get everybody warmed up a little bit here. We're going to be talking about... Last week, of course, everybody remembers we talked about the Mothman, right? Got really in-depth with the Mothman. And um, and we still don't know. Is it a stork? Is it not? Oh, a crane, a stork. <laughs> it's I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. But We never came to a conclusion on that one. <laughs> it was it's something. It's the stork, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what's going on with that is this week we're going to be going a little bit more general, and we're going to be talking about cryptids as a whole. And when I talk about cryptids... What exactly is a cryptid? You want to take that, Rob? Yeah, yeah. Actually, a cryptid is pretty much anything in the form of 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 an animal or a creature that can't be identified. Bigfoot, Loch Ness, uh, Mothman, things of that nature. Basically, creatures that we can't identify, or you know, monsters, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And um, and we've got a whole lot to choose from. Like, of course, everybody knows about Loch Ness, and um, and we're going to be talking about the big ones like Loch Ness and Bigfoot and and all those. But we're also going to be talking about some more obscure ones. We we took a look at some lists and we did a little bit of research, and we're going to be digging through a lot of that kind of stuff. And we'll kind of be looking at the facts, the debunking, um, all that good stuff. Um, before I get started on that, just so everybody knows. If you ever feel like you might be missing an episode or you're not turned in on time, there's an easy way to follow along to make sure that you never, ever miss us. And uh, that is to go to the main page for this, which is the Let's Talk About the Music page. I know if you're listening right now, you're probably at that page. There should be a button that says Follow. Okay? Now, if you're already registered to be in the chat room and everything, then you have an email on file, I think. And in that case, then all you got to do is tell it to follow, and it'll automatically go to your email. If you don't, provide your email address. Real easy. You're not going to get spam. You're not going to get advertisements. It's going to come up, and you're going to be able to get an email alert anytime that the show is playing. All right? Anytime any of the shows on the network is playing, which is great because you can listen to me on Fridays, and you can listen to the talk show on Wednesdays. All right? Okay. So I'm not going to prop that too much because this is about cryptids. This is not about <clears throat> other things like that. <laughs> so let's talk about some cryptids. All right? Um like Rob said, cryptids are, are they're animals and things that aren't classifiable, that, you know, they might not even really exist. They might just be folklore, things of that nature. But um, but let's start talking about the famous ones, the biggest ones. Um, Rob, you want to start us off? I'm going to start you guys off with one that everybody knows. I mean, this is one of the biggest ones. Ha-ha, <laughs> segue. <laughs> Bigfoot. Yes, Bigfoot. A bipedal ape-man standing six to nine feet comes from American legend and folklore. Name was taken from a Wyandotte chief with the same nickname. So we have some Native Americans in the house there with the uh, naming of Bigfoot. The first, he's been sighted all throughout North America, but mainly in Winber, Pennsylvania. Mm, Pennsylvania. He's also been sighted in Canada as well, so... Very interesting for all our Canadian listeners. Watch out for Bigfoot up there. That's right. um, the British explorer David Thompson, he is credited with the actual first discovery of Bigfoot. Not so much the sighting. It was the first discovery. He discovered the, the, the basic footprints. Didn't see him. Just you know saw these big, huge footprints and came to a conclusion that it had to be a bipedal man. And he's, David Thompson is, is world-renowned. Um, as an explorer, he's done some other things, but he's you know he's also credited with the discovery of Bigfoot, and that was in Jasper, Alberta, Canada. Once again, for all my Canadian listeners out there, hey, there you go. You know, you guys can trek out into that uh, the Great White North and find you a Bigfoot. Definitely, and uh, maybe you can drink some beers with them. Maybe, 
<laughs> Maybe you can drink some beers. I eat some, eat some, uh, uh, what's that called? Poutine? Poutine? Gravy and, and, and fries and all that? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, with the curds and everything. I, mm. Oh, man. Yeah, we, get, we have to go up there sometime, Spider. Maybe we'll go look for Bigfoot. Yeah, as long as we so. make, like, you know, separate days so that... Because I'm still going to eat something like that with or without the lactose intolerance because you got to. <laughs> After that, I'll probably just spend a day being really kind of gut-murdered in bed. But <sighs> uh, other than and, that... Uh, uh, an interesting note of Bigfoot is, I don't know how many of you listeners out there know who Jane Goodall is, but uh, she said that Bigfoot can exist. Jane Goodall, famous for her research on apes. Mm-hmm. Did a lot of research in that area. A lot of research. Now, the, with, with the Bigfoot, some people say that it's misidentified. Folks have said it could be just a bear with mange. Could be larger apes, could be just a bear, but so and, you know, there's, there's so much out there to see with this with this uh, Bigfoot character. There's been numerous sightings. There's a picture taken of him out in the woods. Some people think that was a man dressed in a in a uh, ape costume. You know, I I don't know. What do you think, Spider? What do you think about the old Bigfoot? Well, it's interesting. It's the easiest one. For people to to come out and say, "Oh, I saw this," because humans are pretty close to apes already. I mean, it's pretty yep. close as far as the animal kingdom goes, and um, so being kind of our, our nearest neighbors, it's kind of interesting to think that okay, maybe there there's some kind of hybrid like creature or precursor creature that kind of combines the best of both of us. Now, um, what's really interesting about that is that Bigfoot is one of those things that's not just limited to one culture. It's it's across the world. There's there's Bigfoot type creatures in in China. There's Bigfoot type mm-hmm. creatures in India. There's there's you know Bigfoot all across the United States now. There's people with stories, and they don't always have the same name. Um, the the Yeti and and all those. So I, I like to think there's a little bit of truth somewhere in everything. Um, can't say for sure, of course, but I like to think that there may be something out there that's as close as possible to what we think of as the classic Bigfoot. Whether it is exactly what people say it is, who knows? But there's a lot of things that we don't know about the world. Well, yeah, and like you said, it's, you know, Sasquatch, you know, that's a version of Bigfoot. There's the Yeti, the Abominable Snowman. Every culture seems to have a tale of a bipedal ape like creature, you know, six to nine feet, like I said previous, that acts like a human does. Now, my my only concern here is, and you know, the the we we live in a big uncanny earth. Yeah. Uh, show plug hey. on the show, showception. But we live in such a, a a big earth. Where are the bodies of these big big foot big feet? Very <laughs> if good you want to go plural. Are they, is the reason why we never found one, do they have their own, do they live in caves, in a system of caves? You know, that that's something that sticks with me here, is the fact that we've never found a Bigfoot body. What's interesting, too, is uh, there have been some stories from people that say, oh, yeah, I met and I talked to a Bigfoot, and it's like, okay, sure. <laughs> but, I mean... I ate jerky with a Bigfoot. Hey, and then we were in a commercial. Um what uh, what's interesting is that you get some stories from people who are pretty dead serious, who aren't just kind of goofy about it, that um, that they say that they saw a dead Bigfoot-type creature and that another Bigfoot-type creature came back and took the body away. And Uh-oh. you got to think, well, you know, that's is that is that just a fancy story? Is that does that make B- Bigfoot something that's like a is it a conspiracy? Do the do people have dressed up and they don't want you to know, so they are you know hiding the bodies and things? I mean, I've heard these things online, which is why I got to repeat them because some of them are just like okay, but <laughs> right, right. But I mean, I don't, it, I don't believe it. It could also be that if they're social creatures, if uh, assuming of course that a Bigfoot type creature exists, that if they're social creatures and they don't want their dead, you know, just lying around out in the open, they might want to give them some kind of respect. Which implies some True. kind of intelligence. And if it's an intelligent creature, that makes it all the more possible that something could be out there. Now, that's under the assumption, of course, that it is a, an, an, that if it exists, it would be an intelligent creature. Right, um, correct. And that's kind of what we're all... That's the fascination. The fascination is that it's an intelligent, ape-like creature that's similar to us, that's existing out there that we can't find. And uh, 
and we're kind of like, why? What? What is it? I gotta see it. I gotta see it for myself. And that's the fascination with Bigfoot, really. It's that we can't see it, but we know it's out there. Right. Right. Correct. One hundred percent correct. So, you know, and and to touch on what you said about uh, picking up the dead, there's been a couple cultures um, when in wartime, you know, they come and get their dead, and then people think that it's it's ghosts, or they think that. These are people that that just don't exist in their spirits or whatever, but they've been known to come and collect their dead. And you know, you gotta wonder if if the the non coming to collect the dead or not coming to collect the dead is based on they don't want to do they don't want people doing research for one, and for two, maybe it's fake. Maybe that's why you know maybe it's just a a government thing. But I don't I don't understand why the, you know the government of all things would be like, well, let's make up Bigfoot. UFOs and all that, maybe, but Bigfoot. Well, then it's, there's you know. the people who say that Bigfoot is an alien or part of alien oh, experiment, yeah. uh, experimentation. Would be the word I'm trying to go for there. Uh oh, some genetic manipulations. So you know, I mean, and I haven't gone too far into that stuff because I mean, I I have my views on extraterrestrials and, and ancient aliens, but I kind of keep them separate from my Bigfoots. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's like keep your peanut butter out of my chocolate and vice versa. Hey, yeah, I like peanut butter and chocolate. <laughs> well, that's a whole different story. I mean, I'll mix those all day, but don't be mixing Next week on this uncanny earth, with peanut butter and chocolate. <laughs> it's just unnatural. Damn, people picketing outside with that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I am in the same vein. I don't, I don't think that Bigfoot's an alien. I think Bigfoot is probably a forgotten relic of, a, of, of old earth, maybe, before the Industrial Revolution, before technology, just something that's just been left over. You know, like the dodo or one of the numerous animals that have now gone extinct. Same thing. You know, maybe they got some intelligence and then they, they just keep to groups. So they live in a cave system. Because if you notice, you see these, these Bigfoot-type creatures, at least in North America, in the more wooded areas, hmm. mountainous, wooded regions. You don't really see them, like, in the plains of Idaho or, you know, in places like Montana you know, maybe you do. If if you live in Montana or you live in Idaho and you've seen the Bigfoot, feel free to join the chat room and say, hey, guys, I've seen the Bigfoot. And then I'll be like, hey, I'm wrong. And um, another interesting thing, too, I want to point out that if anybody out there, there's there's been shows. Like, we all have the reality shows about the ghost hunters with, you know, Zach Baggins and all that, all that kind of stuff. People <laughs> oh, no, wonder, here we go. I'm going to bring him up. But um, <laughs> he missed last week. He was in the first episode, so he got a week off. Now he's back. And, and he was on Let's Talk About the Music. Famous. That's right. He's yeah. famous. Um, <laughs> but there was, there's been shows about Bigfoot hunting. And, um, oh, yeah. And the lingo is that they're going, that when people go to do Bigfoot hunts, they're going squatching. And uh, <laughs> and you got to wonder, like, you watch those and you're like, some of these people are kind of goofballs. I mean, some of these people got it going on, but a couple of them are kind of like, all right. And they go out and they make what they say are Bigfoot calls, like the big whooping, like, woo kind of things and i'm sitting there thinking you're making a lot of assumptions here Uh um i mean first off you're you're assuming that that was some kind of a creature that you don't know and second (laughs) of all you're thinking that it's gonna not know that it isn't you if it's an intelligent kind of creature it's probably gonna be like they out there squatching again man (laughs) i'm just out here trying to find a spot in the woods to sit down and these guys are out doing whooping coughs again these squatchers and their whooping <laughs> coughs and yeah, I I, I I agree with you one hundred percent. If these things or these creatures are are intelligent, first of all, if you're just out in the woods going whoop and making weird sounds, if I hear you doing that, I'm gonna be like, who's this weirdo out here making these sounds? I mean, me as a human being, you know, as as a man, if I hear anybody doing those kind of things, I'm gonna be like, why are you out here squatching? Like, you know, there's there's no um, study that says these these creatures react to that language. Mm. So I'm kind of curious as to who thought, hey, I bet the Bigfoot will respond to some whooping. What do you guys think? <laughs> you know, I, I, what I think is that the Bigfoot or the Big Feet or, you know, however plural they want to go with, I, I, if, if they exist, they're in, they're in cave systems. Ones we haven't mapped yet, and that's where they live. 
that's that's about the other thing, you know, underground. I mean, that would be the only thing I'd come up with. And then they come out to either hunt, gather food, resources, water, you know, what have you. But there's no way going out and, and yelping or whooping or, you know, clapping your hands vigorously is going to attract the Bigfoot. What you're going to attract is maybe a bear. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got to fight on your hands or you got to run, obviously. So, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I, if Bigfoot does exist, they're cave dwellers. They're not, uh, they're not like most people would, would be with the whooping and the, and the, and the loudness now. Now, speaking of cave dwellers, and it's going to be an, a weird kind of transition here, but let's talk about an underwater cave dweller. Segway. Segway. I'm climbing my scooter. But not here. the kind you ride either. <laughs> <laughs> what would you and guys do out there? Tell us in the comments what you'd do if you saw Bigfoot riding a Segway. Oh, yeah. I mean, we kind of want to know. Use the Segway as a Segway. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Go ahead, though. Tell us about tell us about Loch Ness. Because you are Scottish. You, you have Scottish in you. That's right. I, I do have quite so. a bit from way back in the day, of course. And... Um, uh-huh. So Loch Ness monsters. So many people, when they when they think about cryptids, they might not even know what the word cryptid is, but they know about Loch Ness monster. Like, oh yeah, that's that dinosaur thing in that lake. What they might not know is that, of course, it's from Scotland, Scottish folk uh, folklore. Loch Ness monster, or Nessie, as they like to call it out there, in the Scottish Highlands, and um, it, it's commonly described as having a long neck and usually when you see it in the water it's got one or more humps protruding from the water um it was brought to worldwide attention in 1933 and so far of course everything about it there's been some a lot of different people who say they've had sightings there's been a lot of different photographs sonar readings most of it's based on anecdotes and stories and unfortunately there was one um the most famous picture out there which is the first picture of it that you'll see if you load up Wikipedia about it, is a hoax. And uh, and it was done by a surgeon in 1934, and he, he, uh, he had a model that he built that he put a, out in the lake, and he took a picture of it. And so it doesn't help the legend too much when you have people actively doing hoaxes. But the Loch Ness Monster supposedly has some legend to it where... Um, Apparently, it was out on the lock, all right, and this is old days with uh, the old old priests and things like that, and it's from St. Columba in 565 A.D., and supposedly, there was the when he was in that area, he was told a story by the locals that there was a, a man was attacked when he was swimming, and he was attacked by a water beast that mauled him and dragged him underwater. Now, he went down there, and he sent one of his followers to go swim across the river. Supposedly, according to the story, the beast approached him, but Columba made the sign of the cross and said, Go no further, do not touch the man, go back at once. And the creature stopped. And everybody said it was a miracle. And since <laughs> then, um, which, you know, it would be a miracle if you'd tell a big giant monster not to eat your buddy. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh they since that time there's been numerous stories over the years of people seeing it of people interacting with it and even now there's a huge tourist culture about it and uh, and they encourage people to go out on the lake and take a look and, and try to catch footage of it and take a look at it and it's almost like one of those things where they feel it's kind of a local pet sort of um, there's not too many stories of it coming out and attacking anybody anymore. Not since, you know, those older days. And we might be a little bit more enlightened now, so maybe we're not so worried about big giant water monsters attacking us. We might not assume that every monster or every creature out in the world wants to attack us. Whereas at the time, they kind of thought that about their own feet. So, um, oh no, my foot's trying to kill me, it's possessed by the devil. <laughs> and things of that nature. Somebody call Zach Baggins. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, Loch Ness. And there's a lot of theories about what it could be. Um, people have gone on to say that it could be a water snake, like an exceptionally large water snake. Some people could say that it... I think even one of the weirdest explanations was that it was just a very large school of fish that happens to cause ripples that look like a large creature. And, I mean, I guess that's possible, but you could go down there and see if there were fish. You know, I would think that'd be something to be easily proven. 
the most popular theory is that it's a holdover from uh, from dinosaur days, that it's a, a modern plesiosaur or some other water-dwelling dinosaur with large flippers and a long neck. And, you know, it's entirely possible. It's uh, Nobody has been able to prove or disprove. A lot of people would say, well, the lack of physical evidence is a point that it's not there. But, eh, I don't know. I like to think that there's always a chance. Yeah, I, you know, it, 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 I think, you know, I agree with you. I'm kind of like, <laughs> but I agree with you that it's uh, it's most definitely a holdover from a different time. Probably a dinosaur of some sort or a, a sea creature. You know, the, the sea is, is <laughs> the oceans themselves are deep. You know, I'm not a scientist, so I'm not sure the exact measurement of how deep they are, but they are definitely some of the deeper um, places on our planet. And they say that Nessie, that's what they call her, it's a her, I guess, mm-hmm. that the the lock itself is actually connected. Um, and so Nessie goes out through the through the through the lock and then can end up in the ocean i guess I, I, i've heard different yeah different tales some of rivers that. and things like that right so she could be anywhere now it, it's 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 possible you know between bigfoot and and nessie I, I would probably believe more of loch ness than i would bigfoot just because it's harder for people to go deep into the ocean than mm-hmm. it is to go into a cave system and the what what i find funny about loch ness is that People are, you know, there's, there's, there, if you go to the lock itself, there's actually a souvenir shop down by the lock that sells Nessie related merchandise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, is, which is really cool. The the tourist image industry about it is huge. It's like when you go down to to Roswell and they have those huge UFO yep. conventions. Or if you go to Flatwoods and mm-hmm. see the monster. They have festivals, it's just like Mothman and, and, and everything else. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. And um, I like to think that, as you were saying, a lot of the Earth isn't explored, especially the oceans. The oceans, I, I don't remember what the exact figure is. I feel like it's it's 70%, but I'm probably wrong. It's probably a little bit more. But, but they say that 70% of the world's oceans are unexplored because we just simply lack the means to go down for periods of time. Um and that would be mostly because, uh, of course, we we can't withstand pressure. We can't. We need to have air and and things of that nature. So, it, it's entirely possible. And the lock itself apparently is very dirty. And I don't mean dirty in like a polluted sort of way. It's just naturally muddy, and silty. Yep. And yep. it's very difficult to see down there if you're a diver or anything like that. And they get frequent dust ups um, down there, which just very very turbulent so it's almost the perfect environment for for a sea dwelling cryptid to kind of hang out because it's it's not easy to see down there um it's not easy to maneuver not easy easy to swim um claustrophobic so right you know it's a the perfect environment yeah and and what better place to be if you're a sea creature than in the sea (laughs) (laughs) i mean mean, to be honest with you uh, you know uh, Loch Ness seems more feasible to me than a lot of other cryptids only because it is in the ocean, mm-hmm. you know. And there's been giant squid. There's been all kinds of, uh, uh, you know, sea creatures we can't even see, haha, because we can't go deep down enough. Mm-hmm. But I believe we've sent cameras and stuff creatures to places that we can't go, fathoms we can't even get to. So I think that by... Doing that, you can you can create a, the assumption that you know Loch Ness is definitely feasible. Maybe more so than Bigfoot, in my opinion. Yeah, and they've um, oh, what was I going to that about? Um, the thing about these kind of creatures is that it's really interesting that a lot of people will instantly <clears throat> say, "Oh, that's not true. That's not real," and because right. you can't go down there. Well, you know. You really have to kind of give it a little bit of grain of salt, of course, anything like this with anything paranormal. But you also kind of have to wonder because there's so much that we don't know. Because um, I found my point in that little rambling thing there. We thought the giant <laughs> squid was, uh, wasn't was real. 
at first. Right. And uh, until we had evidence that, oh, well, there's a giant squid now on camera, pretty clear. So just because right. we don't encounter them ever or very often, and they wash up on beaches sometimes. So it's mm-hmm. like just because we haven't seen it doesn't mean it's not there or it's never been seen. It's just some things are elusive, especially in the oceans, especially in the water. And that brings me to a good point here, too, is the fact that there's other sea creatures that are rumored to exist. The Kraken, the fabled uh, Greek mythology monster, who knows? Maybe that thing also existed. You know, you can't... It, it's hard to to say that... You, I mean, like Spider said, you got to take some of this with a grain of salt and some of it with a good bit of faith. You know, just like the Kraken, it, that could have existed, too. We don't know what is in the depths of our oceans. We've never been all the way down to the to the actual you know bottom of the ocean so we don't know what's down there we don't know what 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 is lurking down there there's creatures that create their own light mm-hmm. down there so who's to say that there's not some 20 foot monster or 50 foot monster hell a 100 foot monster and a good example of creatures that that um that weren't even fictional creatures that we knew to exist but we thought were extinct uh, the coelacanth. The coelacanth was an old... It's oh, an yeah. ancient yep. fish. Ancient, ancient breed of fish. Um, back around, back in dinosaur times. And we were just like, oh, nobody's seen one so long, it's extinct. And we just assumed. And then one, somebody caught one offshore uh, in Africa or something like that. And then, since then, they've seen them more than once. And um, it's just interesting that we'll take some of these things for granted when we should really kind of do the best we can to say, well, maybe just in case. Right, right. And now, yeah, that's a good um, point. since we're kind of at the halfway point, I've got to do a little bit of administrative business. Now, for everybody, I know this is kind of like a stumbling block whenever we do the show, but we're gonna, <laughs> I'm going to streamline this. I'm going to streamline it as soon as Uh-oh. I can. We're going to have it recorded <laughs> with some nice, snazzy music and everything pretty soon. So you won't have to hear me just like, in like this boring little non-cryptid segment, okay? So. Maybe get you guys some smooth jazz to accompany your... <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But um, basically, of course, I mentioned earlier on the show, we are part of the Let's Talk About the Music Network. There's a variety of shows currently on the network. And uh, on Wednesday nights, we have the... Like last night, if you tuned in, we have the talk show, Let's Talk About the Music, the flagship show that started the whole station. You can talk to local musicians at... I'm on the show with my co-host Shells, who's the uh, the creator of the whole deal, and we talk to local musicians, independent artists from really across the world about how they feel about the world and how they feel about politics, about everything. So don't be shy. Tune in. Listen to us chit-chat. If you don't want to hear me talk that much, and I don't blame you, by all <laughs> means, you can tune in tomorrow night and every Friday for the Dirty Rotten Weekend, where I basically say, hey, how's it going? Here's some songs. Every half hour. <laughs> he literally will say that the entire thing. Hey, let's go, guys. Here's some songs. That's basically it. So if you want to listen to some independent music, <laughs> if you're a big music fan, and you don't want to listen to me do a whole lot of chit-chat about who knows what, then by all means, Dirty Rotten Weekend every Friday night. All right? And um, don't forget to follow the show, the um, the overall Let's Talk About the Music network, so you can be notified anytime that these shows play. Yes. All right. Thank you to Let's Talk About the Music. Thank you. Listen up. Listen to it. It's good stuff. All right. Now, we got that out of the way, so back to our cryptid discussion. Now, we're going to move away from, from the more popular ones, and we're going to get into some, some kind of obscure, kind of off-the-wall ones that you might not have heard of. So, Rob, what do you got for us? Well, and I'm going to botch this pronunciation like nobody's business. So I apologize to anyone in southwest Germany or any Germanic peoples that may be listening to our show tonight. The Elwet Rich. I probably just totally botched that, <laughs> but because uh, it's kind of hard to find the proper pronunciation. Germany is uh, German language is yeah. a difficult language, let me tell you. I mean, I listened to some Rammstein, but uh, <laughs> that's, no, that's no substitute. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's, if for anybody that wants to know how it's spelled, it's E-L... W E T R I T S C H the L Wetrich. <laughs> like I said, it's it's a, it's rough. <laughs> so 
this cryptid is a mythical bird-like creature that was found in, or supposedly found in, southwest Germany, especially in the, especially in Palatinate. I probably got that wrong too. Once again, I apologize. I was I, I knew nothing of this place until today until I was researching it today. So it's 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 pretty interesting. Now this creature is a chicken-like creature with antlers, scales instead of feathers. It lays eggs and it doesn't fly. So its wings are uh, to be purely cosmetic. I I would understand and. And here's a here's a here's an interesting tidbit for everyone out there who's who may be listening, you know, to one of our shows in the future where we talk about genetic manipulation. It is supposedly a cross between a chicken, duck, and a geese, with that of goblins and elves from the old world. That's pretty foul. Uh, <laughs> 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 we need we need a. We need a little, like, <laughs> drum to that. But, yeah, and um, it, it was a creature that, that, was, that was talked about in the, in the very olden times. But it was reignited again, the discussion and the founding, by a gentleman named Espenscheid. He organized hunting parties, which were supposedly harmless pranks. And he served one of the Bavarian kings what was thought to be the Eldrisich. I think I'm, I'm hoping that's right, but a lot of people think that it was just like a quail or something of that nature. You know, it, it, it seems to be a trick. Um, but yeah, it has the, the, when, when you picture this, I picture, cause when I, when I read about it, I didn't see the picture first. So I was like, what? And when I pictured it, I pictured a chicken with antlers and scales. This is pretty much what I, what I um what I pictured it as, and they Kinda live like in a jackalope. The, yeah, yeah, and, and that and that gets alluded to in the research that I was reading about these things that they are in the same kind of vein, but the um the they live in in the underbrush and under vines, mm-hmm. and their beaks are are very are, their beaks are are very long, and the, here, here's a here's a little tid tidbit of a fact, and it's you know a fun fact. In the second half of the 20th century, uh, creators of, of sculptures and, and paintings portrayed the Eld... I'm going to botch it again, guys. I'm sorry. The Eldrisich as being female and thus added breasts to the actual sculpture. So, so let's go down the list. What all do we have involved here? We got <laughs> a chicken, a duck... What else? Uh, okay, a goose mixed with that of goblins and elves. <laughs> and human female breasts. Yes, female okay. breasts. Are we sure we should have taken off the explicit tag for tonight? Because, man, that sounds pretty explicit to me. Um, you, you know, listen, anybody listening out there, if, if your children are listening, they... they I don't know. I don't know. They, you don't <laughs> I don't have. Know you what have to say listen. about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss here, but because uh, <laughs> even I saw that and I thought, you know, now you're just, I, you know, I feel like it was some Joker running around. Like I, th- I feel like at first this thing was probably a th- uh, uh, an urban legend or you know something you you tell to kids around the campfire to scare them. Like you better watch out. The Eldritch will come and get you in your sleep and it'll take you away. Then I feel like some Joker or some ham ham dude. Was like, hey, let's add some, some, some female parts. What do you think, buddies? And they were like, yeah, sure. So they all got drunk, added that in, and then saw one, but it had a female top half. <laughs> what do you guys think? Now here, I, I think I'm kind of. I, I just was thinking about it in five minutes, and I have a theory about why they would have put that on there. And you're saying that these, they have statues and paintings of this on what? Like on on? Yes. Is it yes. like a gargoyle thing, like on cathedrals? It's not so much on cathedrals, but it's it's they have them in parks. They have them in. Uh, it, it, they don't they don't perch them mm-hmm. like gargoyles. It just like you can put it in a garden. But I'm looking at one here of a male version, I guess, and it doesn't have the obviously it doesn't have the female yeah. breast, but it has like weird looking drumstick thigh legs and claws, kind of. 
the wings kind of are, are look a little stubby. Like they, mm. they, the way the statue looks, it looks like the arm is amputated uh, after the elbow. Mm-hmm. So it kind of looks like that. They have big ears. It looks like so. I, I just feel like this thing is probably a combination of something somebody saw, and they might have been inebriated at some point, or you know, engaged in some form of plant usage. Always possible. Always possible. The other thing I'm thinking too is um, because classically, on uh, on portraits and statues of, of vile beasties and things. People of a certain bent would say that, well, obviously these things are combinations of things that all have evil qualities. So we're going to put some some female breasts on it because women are evil. I'm not <laughs> saying women are evil, just so everybody no. knows. I'm just saying so that was old school, you know, outdated concepts and things like that. And they did that a lot back then. So if it's older mm-hmm. pictures that have that more than newer, then I can kind of understand from that perspective that they would do that. It's kind of weird and creepy still. But, you right, know. Right, right. It, it's understandable to me why they would do it from a historical perspective. And it, could, it couldn't even be that. It might have been a witch or a, a woman of the woods added her mm-hmm. twist to it. It might not have been some drunk dudes trying to be jokers. It might have just been, you know, she sought fit to, to add that into it. Mm-hmm. We don't know. You know, it doesn't say who the perpetrator of said um, female characteristics it could have been a, an exaltation of female characteristics, too. I mean, I don't want True. to say that every time somebody adds uh, characteristics to someone, that means they're alluding to, oh, it's because they temptress. No, I mean, there's right. a lot of different right. reasons people do things, so who knows? It, I've probably offended be. 12 more people, but you know, that's how it goes. Just write the letters, write the letters. <laughs> it could be It could be a symbol of fertility, too. You know, a lot of um, statues... Babylon, Egypt, stuff like that had to do with fertility, mm-hmm. you know. To, so there could be the same situation here. I, I like I said, I'm not 100 percent positive on who thought who, you know, what person thought to add, you know, female breasts to this thing. Like it, it, the thing is, it's already ridiculous enough that it is a cross between a chicken, a duck, a goose, and a goblin or an elf. That right there, okay, stop. <laughs> I get it. I I get it. But then you just add, you know, female breasts on top of that. I mean, you, you, what are you going to add next? A beard, <laughs> mustache, like. And hey, and here's it. What do you say about that? Huh? Here's an interesting point. Going back to Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, you have some oddities going on. I gotta, I gotta tell you. That is true. It's, We's uh, we got some weird things happening in the old uh, in the old Pennsylvania. <laughs> there you go. There's some more people that are going to be writing you. <laughs> and hey, I've still got family way. there. I used to live there, and uh, you know that's how things go. Um, that's the <laughs> most I can say about that without uh, making somebody kind of upset. Well, I think you've. Already, I think we're already past that. Beautiful country, though. By the way, beautiful. It's beautiful oh, yes. in Pennsylvania, yes. especially in yes. in the fall. Lots of yes. trees. Good stuff. So you know. The turnpike's a bit expensive, though. Could you could you <laughs> knock off the, the turnpike a little bit there, Pennsylvania? I'll get on my phone with the governor, and we'll, we'll see what can work out for you. <laughs> well, they're listening now, so it's fine. That's right. Zach Baggins can help me. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Anyways, back on topic, folks. Back on topic. The Pennsylvania Dutch, the you know some of the the immigrants that came from Germany and settled here, or you know European lands. Mm-hmm. It is thought that they actually have brought the Eldritch here to Pennsylvania. Not we're not in Pennsylvania, but here to the United States in Pennsylvania. Very, very, very funny. Very, uh, you know. And and Pennsylvania is just it's there's you know there's uh really happened there. There's Bigfoot. There's these mythical chicken duck. Goose, goblin, elf, female breast having creatures there too. So, you know, <laughs> shout out to Pennsylvania. Stay weird, Pennsylvania. That's what Stay weird. For. Stay weird. Well, I guess that means we should move on to something else that's really kind of weird. Um, and I've, <laughs> I've got two critters, of course. First, we're going to talk about, uh, since we're going more, a little bit more obscure, obscure we're going to be talking about the Beast of Bladenborough. The Beast of Is this going to be. Is this going to be any weirder than a chicken, duck, goose, goblin, elf creature? 
I don't know if no, it gets any weird. I don't think it's going to be quite that weird. But um, it is interesting because it sounds like it, it's a pretty fantastic name. And this was in North Carolina. So Ooh. the Beast of Bladenboro in North Carolina. So be careful take, out there in North Carolina, everybody. Right. It's um, hectic out there. It refers to a, a creature responsible for a string of deaths in Bladenboro, North Carolina, among the winters of 1953 and 1954. And um, according to some witnesses and trackers, they call it that it was likely a wild cat, but it's uncertain what its identity really was, and the way that it used to do things was uh, a little strange for where they were at the time. Um, It was known to most commonly crush or decapitate its victims, which were mostly dogs. Um... Now, this all started in uh, in 1953, December 29th, 1953. And um, a dog was found dead in Clarkton, North Carolina, about eight miles from Blanborough. And uh, they reported witness describing it as a sleek, black, five-feet-long creature. All right? On the 31st, two dogs belonging to a Bladenboro man named Johnny Vouse were found dead. There was reportedly a significant amount of blood and the two dogs were torn into ribbons and crushed, according to Vouse. Now, it, this continued for quite a while, into January, um, January 1st, January 2nd, January 3rd, and uh, also apparently a goat had died, and uh, and the a man by the name of, oh boy, by Julian <laughs> Tater Shaw, Julian Tater Shaw, he owned a local gas station. Tighter. And uh, according to him, the goat's head was flat as a fritter. These are heads words. I'm not making this up. It had a great big old track. It was weird. All right. And he said that whatever killed the goat also killed cows and dogs. Now, several people saw the creature um, crossing through town, crossing the street, etc., etc., and um, they said it was about four and a half to five feet long, bushy, and looked like either a bear or a panther, and um, said it occasionally made a sound like a baby crying. <coughs> really, really weird. And um, apparently they, they hunted it down um, on the night of January 3rd, the police chief, Roy Fors, searched for the creature with his dogs, but they reportedly would not follow the trail. So, a uh, half a dozen young folks spent January 4th searching for the creature. And uh, that night, police chief and eight to ten other officers conducted their own hunt. And they tracked it for three miles around the swamp from Bladenboro to Wilmington. And uh, the next night, on the January 5th, more than 500 people and dogs hunted through the woods and swamps for the creature. On January 6th, more than 800 people turned out to hunt for the beast in the swamps. And uh, on January 7th, even more, 800 to 1,000 people. So this was a pretty big deal. Like, people were really after this thing. Supposedly, on the 8th, only four people... Four university brothers from North Carolina were the only reported hunters. They called off the hunt after a lack of interest and lack of finding anything. And, uh... Let's see... I'm trying to find where they... They found a creature, and they they caught it. But, um... But they're... From the picture, it looks like it was some kind of a... Like a leopard or a spotted cat, or a bobcat... Um, and people were claiming that the bobcat was the actual beast the whole time. But they're not sure, because bobcats, apparently, they don't hunt the same way that the creature hunted. They're not as dark as this creature was. And um, and so, who knows? They never really found out exactly what it was. But it has never returned since they found the bobcat, so there's a little bit of evidence for debunking. And uh, they decided in the end, that, quote, a little publicity never hurts a town. So they let the local news stories get this story out, and uh, and they have a festival every year called Beast Fest, where the Beast of Bladenboro, or Bob, as they call him, serves as a mascot. So, interesting stuff. What do you think about that? I mean, do you think it was Bobcat? 
I mean, here's the thing about that. If, in fact, that it did, like, you know, after the fact that uh, that it did, that the attack stopped, then, yeah, that's a feasible explanation. I mean, you can't really, you, you can't really say that it was a beast if, once the bobcat was dead, if the killings and stuff had stopped. Because if that's the case, then, yeah, it was the bobcat all along. But still could be a monster. It might have just traversed somewhere else, or it actually might have died. That, mm-hmm. You know, that could have happened. And that's possible. And um, apparently it used to, uh, they called it, they called it, there was a theory that it was some kind of a vampiric creature. A vampiric creature because it it not only would kill the the victims, but it would also take, there was a lot less, um, there was a lot of blood scattered around and then there was a lot of blood missing whenever, um, whenever the creature made an attack. So the theory was that it subsisted on blood to some degree, which is another interesting thing because I don't know any any of the large cat species that we know of to uh to really have blood specifically as as something that they're after i mean i, I right. that happens during during a hunt and everything if you've ever seen a cat hunt a small animal you might be a little grossed out but uh but that's how it is there's just a lot of blood involved and um but usually they don't specifically fixate on it so another interesting point another real interesting point yeah that is actually really interesting um Mike, did they do autopsies on the creatures, or on the on the, the the things that were killed by this creature? Did they did they do autopsies on it or anything like that? Not by the looks of it. They did a cursory examination, but at the time that it wasn't um, doing autopsies on on dogs and things didn't seem like it. Just wasn't something that was a big priority. Right. right. So unfortunately, like me, I'd be like, oh man, but I I'm a big fan of animals <laughs> and things like that, and I'd be really kind of upset. And right. I don't know. Right. But um. Not as far as I know, but they they went off the evidence at the scenes, and uh, and like I said, it, it seemed like that there was a lot more blood scattered around and a lot more having been ingested than um, than what would normally be for a, a one of the known cat species of the area. Hmm, that's uh, it's very fascinating, very fascinating indeed. Good, stuff. very cool stuff. Very cool. <coughs> now, what do you got uh, for us next? Well, we've got about a little under 10 minutes, or a little over 10 minutes, so we actually spent a lot more time than I thought on, on what we already talked about, so we don't have too much time left. So what do you want to Correct. do? I I can talk about my uh, the Mexican goat sucker, or we can talk about another <laughs> cryptid. <laughs> don't forget, folks, coming up, we're going to be talking about the Flatwoods Monster, the 1952 creature that was sighted by six kids, a mom and a dog, and that will be in a future episode of... This Uncanny Earth. I just want to give you guys a heads up. And I think next week we're going to do the Men in Black. I, I haven't discussed it with Spider yet, but I think that would be a good, uh, a good, a good show to do because I, you know, I don't know that much about them aside from the movies and like here and there, especially with the Mothman and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think if, if Spider's game for that, yeah, we can do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sound off, everybody, if, if it sounds good to you. And uh, if there's another topic in the future that you want us to talk about, by all means, We'll uh, we'll try to see what we can do on the lineup. And once we get the show up and going and everything, like I mean, it's already up and going now. But I mean, once we get the show to where we um have have a steady couple of shows in our about, I think we'll start putting polls up somewhere. We're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna get the Facebook group going here soon. We'll keep you guys posted on that. But I think we're gonna start doing polls too. You know, maybe the first week of every month or the last week of every month, we'll do like a poll to see what what cryptid or what topic or whatever you want to talk about. And then I think we're also going to do themed um, shows. So like for Christmas, maybe we'll talk about Krumpus or we'll talk about Santa Claus himself. I mean, he's, he's a mythological person, you know, based on something else. So, you know, we could talk about him. We could could really just talk about any of that. So that's what I wanted to say, you know. Cool. Good deal. Um, so before we, we end up, then I'm going to spend about five minutes just talking about, uh, talking about old Chupacabra. Because hey. it's always fun. Um, Chupacabra, of course, is the Mexican goat sucker, is the translation, because it was a vampiric creature that's, it's still occasionally encountered, supposedly, according to stories, in, uh, in parts of South America and Mexico and Central America, and in Puerto Rico. The first ported sightings were in Puerto Rico. And it has a habit of attacking and drinking the blood of livestock, including goats. Goats seem to be a particular favorite. 
Now, when you see artist renditions of this thing, it goes between sometimes like it's a little Wolverine kind of creature, and sometimes it looks like <laughs> like an alien fish monster with you know big huge fangs. It's ridiculous what kind of pictures that uh, that people make of it. But right, it's been right. seen as far from Puerto Rico, as far north as Maine, as far south as Chile, and even in Russia and the Philippines. So interesting stuff. Hmm. Um, it's considered an urban legend so far by the overall community, but they're not entirely sure. And, uh, and supposedly there was a five-year investigation by Mr. Benjamin Radford in his 2011 book, Tracking the Chupacabra, it included the description given by the original eyewitnesses in Puerto Rico and was based on the creature um, it, it was based on the creature from the movie Species interestingly enough is what they liked to ca- say it looked like um, not when she's human looking but you know the, the creature looking um, and, uh, and that's what people used to tell him and he believes that the description people have been giving is kind of sensationalized, and um, he says, quote, the most important chupacabra description cannot be trusted and believes that it seriously undermines the credibility of the chupacabra as a real animal. And that's something, that's a good point. I mean, we talked on it a little bit before, but it's a good point that if you are out there and you're looking for cryptids or looking for anything paranormal, really, definitely make sure that you don't instantly jump to, hey, there's this, and there's this, and there's this, and make a bunch of conclusions without definitely checking into some evidence first. Because the more you come up with stuff that's theory, and you don't say that it's theory, and you assume that it's real stuff, it it just harms the whole overall search. Because then nobody knows whether you're, you're... making it up for real or if you're just you know trying to have fun or or what so always try to be sure before you start doing press releases (laughs) (laughs) and also always do your your research because i think it helps because then you you might you might stumble onto something else like another cryptid or you might stumble onto a research topic you might not have thought of Mm -hmm. like hey maybe i look at it from this angle so now in terms of the chupacabra i have seen it look like a how can I put this? About the size of a koala with features of a gargoyle, but not the, the hard kind of scaly skin. It was more like the almost like the skin of a seal. That kind of like mm-hmm. smoother type of skin. So that and that's what I've seen it portrayed as. You know, I don't I'm not hundred percent certain I've never seen one. Um if you're in the chat and you've seen one, let us know. <laughs> but uh but yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's 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 a good that's a good uh, that's a good cryptid. I've heard of that before. I mean, it's in popular culture. It's in video games. I mean, the the chupacabra is is is, is in a good number of places. So it's mm-hmm. still it's still a pretty famous cryptid compared to the Eldritch and the, uh, the what was that? The Beast of what again? The Spider? Beast of Bladenborough. The Beast of Bladenborough, which is which sounds like an old European legend. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that sounds European, and Spider was like, that's from North Carolina, and I was like, oh. Well, the fun thing, too, about Chupacabra is supposedly a few years back, I'm thinking in, in it, it, I don't know if the date, the date's probably wrong. I'm feeling something like 2006 or, or something like that. It seems to be jumping at me, but my memory's probably completely wrong. But in recent memory, within the last 10 years, they supposedly found a creature, a, a dead creature that they couldn't identify somewhere in, in Central America. And people decided that maybe it was the chupacabra because you couldn't identify that, and people had never seen the chupacabra before, and it kind of fit some of the descriptions. the The consensus is that maybe it was just a desiccated coyote, or or a mutant dog, or something like that. But who knows? It may have right, been right. the chupacabra. There's also been washed up creatures on beaches that people say are the chupacabra as well. Um, documents on that, or, or documentaries on that, and. The chupacabra could be anybody. It could be your next door neighbor. <laughs> it could be conspiring with the Russians. Oh no, Alex Jones is back. Watch out, everybody. Watch out. <laughs> the Buy the chupacabra. The <laughs> <laughs> Let me put my tinfoil hat on its in its tinfoil case. I don't want to bend it. <coughs> and right, yes, well. for anybody listening, the case is made of tinfoil, by the way. <laughs> Everything has to be made of tinfoil. Everything. Um but we got five minutes left, so we're going to spend the last five minutes here just um, 
just uh, thanking everybody. Say, hey, thanks once again for, for listening to the show. Thanks to uh, Let's Talk About the Music Radio Network for giving us a place to yes. crash. It's nice to stay on your couch every week. I and, like squatting uh, here on Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go squatching tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, Is that definitely what you're is yeah. that what you're gonna do on the dirty rotten, dirty rotten weekend? Go, go squatching. Squatchin'. Every song is gonna be <laughs> whooping calls to a beat. <laughs> whoop, whoop, beep, I can't even do it. You might end up, you might end up attracting a Sasquatch. You might, he might be like, I'm gonna get on your show. I'm gonna get on this uncanny earth and I'm tell you tell about story. Sasquatch ad. Like it. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> I, I, you know, thanks to everybody that I interact with. That I say, hey, you know, check out the radio show. Um, big shout outs to everybody you know why i work out there's a a gentleman named tom you know he was real interested in this so shouts out to tom thank you for listening uh shouts out to craig ahearns go check his movie out when it comes out check last week for for all the information on that shout out to you know all my friends keem johnny every, everybody if you're listening to the show right now or you plan on listening to the show or you plan on downloading it thank you you know, without you guys, if I didn't have any other ears to listen to, I'd just be sitting in the room talking to myself, which I might probably still do that anyways after we get <laughs> off. So, but no, thank you guys. You know, you guys are, you guys rock, you know. Thanks to Mrs. Spider, who also listens to our show. Mm-hmm. She's off at and... karaoke with some other cryptids. <laughs> she's, out, she's out squatching at the karaoke bar. <laughs> <laughs> If there's any Sasquatches out there listening to this right now, go in the chat room and tell us that that's not how you guys speak. Say, hey, we don't we don't talk like that. We don't we don't have that. We don't whoop. We yelp. <laughs> we yelp and we yelp. Good. It's an app on your phone. Go get it. <laughs> so next week we're gonna do Men in Black. I think that's a really cool um, topic to do. I think it's it's gonna be very interesting to see. Where they've turned up, some of them have been known to be aliens, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. You know, this uncanny earth, you guys rock. And thank you for listening. I, Rob, will see you guys or hear you guys or you'll hear me next week. Peace. That's right. And until next time, don't be normal when you can be uncanny. Good night, folks.